Welcome to Relax Your Grid. I'm your host, Matt Brown. In this episode, I talk to Bonnie and Taylor Sims of the band Everybody Loves an Outlaw. Bonnie and Taylor are fantastic musicians, teachers, singers, and songwriters whom I met in a bluegrass context. As you'll hear, their new venture with producer Robbie Neville is something distinctly different. Their hit I See Red became a massive viral success in 2020 thanks to its prime placement in a Netflix movie. If you want to support the show and see an exclusive live performance of me playing Taylor's original song Texas Again with Bonnie and Taylor, become a Relax Your Grid superfan on Patreon for just $2 a month. Patreon supporters receive detailed show notes with each episode, as well as a Relax Your Grid sticker as thanks for your support. Each episode always includes some sort of exclusive bonus content for those patrons. One final note, this episode contains more lighthearted cursing than usual, so if that is not your cup of tea, tune in to next month's episode. Do you have the levels? Um, I have a set of levels, so I'm recording. Oh, he's recording. Cool. Yeah, let's let's given that we're not isolated. Sure. Let's do like eight seconds of silence for rim noise to be filtered out starting now. Bonnie and Taylor, welcome to Relax Your Grid. Thanks for having us, Matt. We're so glad to be here. Yeah, good to be with you, Matt, especially in person. Yeah. I know. I love being vaccinated. I love that you are. And thanks for having us in your actual house. I know. Yeah, yes. Uh, Yeah, we're really glad to be doing it at all, but glad to be doing it here for sure. We haven't had house guests, very few house guests, vaccinated parents, you know, this last in April. But other than that, it's been low key for you're the first one in a long time. Wow. So I'm honored. I was thinking on the drive down, I was thinking about meeting you two, two year, almost two years ago. So July 2019, out in Crested Butte, mm-hmm. where y'all have taught for a while at a kids' bluegrass camp. Mm-hmm. And I was joining the ranks as the fiddle teacher that year. And I had so much fun getting to know you and hearing you two sing and play. And you're so great with the kids. Um, the rapport you have with them is obvious. And then to think to last year, last July, with the pandemic, everything shut down except we had camp online. But that last July, July of 2020, was very different for you and for me. Sure. So we were all set to teach this Zoom-based version of a of a camp that really needs to be in person. But we did it. Yeah. Except definitely that, needs to be in person. <laughs> except that a huge thing happened in my life, which was that my wife needed to go give birth to our child. So we bailed <laughs> right? on camp. That's right. I was like, were you there? In my head, I was like, no. yeah, exactly. I was there for Monday. Totally. But not for the jam at totally. the end now of I the day. Why. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then I somehow gleaned through the fog and joy of welcoming a baby into the world that you two also didn't stick it out because a huge thing happened in your life. Yes. And True. I thought we would just start there. So sure. Sure. July of 2020, we're supposed to be teaching at Queen Bee Music Association's <laughs> Crested Butte Camp. Instead, it's in Zoom. But what happened for you that week? Yeah, that was actually the week that it was kind of a month after a, a huge a huge shift of us, for us professionally happened. And that was the week that we got signed to Columbia Records. So it was a... It was, it was a very, surreal. Very busy. For sure. Very busy week. Yeah. And it had been a busy, you know, few weeks up until that point. And it was like the 23rd or something of June when we woke up to uh, a, a bunch of emails and, and messages and texts even from uh, from a bunch of different record labels um, reaching out to us because this, this song that we had recorded in 2018 got placed in a Netflix movie. And then the Netflix movie went to number one around the world. And then the song was like climbing up the charts. It, 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 it had like, I don't know, like 15,000 
spins on Spotify up to that point. Yeah, and then all, and of, then a it, and then all of a sudden it million. had five million really quickly, and so and it, it kind of peaked a lot of, of I'm sure like algorithm meters and like industry people were essentially like all of a sudden went, who's that? And we got in a Rolling Stone like um, breakthrough artist chart of that month for June 2020. You know, be, just because of. It's about it's based on unit growth, so it's not like all based on like how many units overall, but it's based on like how much did you grow in one month, and like we grew in one month as much as people who were selling hundreds of millions of albums already. So it's like we had this crazy like top level explosion, which and also we're unsigned artists. It was from a soundtrack. We're completely independent, which was basically nobody had ever done that before. I mean, other shit has happened that's you know groundbreaking and. A, but it's just exceptional that a soundtrack did that because usually soundtracks just don't do that in the industry. Like things that are poised to go on top 40, you know, purposefully pointed that direction. That's what happens there because the market is so competitive. So we kind of like snuck in under the radar and then ended up going, yeah, I was global viral number one track on Spotify for 12 days um, and a ton of countries as well, obviously to get the, the world one, then you get a bunch of countries. So that's how, how it happened. Um, but it was a it was a trip. It, yeah, it, it was a, a huge was, shift for us. It's it kind of settled now. I feel finally settled in it now, and it's a year later. Wow. You know, almost. Oh my god. It's taken that long to like process and kind of sort through all the new relationships in reality, because it's been a, a huge growth of um, getting to work with all kinds of people. But then also, literally, I mean, having meetings with people and then. Googling them afterwards and reading their Wikipedia. It's that kind of situation. Right. So you're like, oh, that's who I was talking to. Wow. Noted. I also, me and Tay talk a lot about, I'm going to have like the best email bank thing in like three years. I'm just going to like give it to all my independent friends and be like, here you go. Your address book is just yeah. like. Well, like the, yeah, the email. I mean, it's just like, I feel like. Usually if that kind of stuff feels like really tight to the vest as an independent artist. You know, you're not like in those circles. They don't want to give it out to people like us who want to like solicit themselves. Right. So like to then just be like CC'd on that shit. You're like, hi, everybody. Oh, look at your emails there. Like it's so like tempting to be like, mind that shit for my friends. <laughs> well, yeah, because you're still the same people who've been like, you've been working so hard for so long. Um, and then this incredible thing happened. Sure. Yeah. So the song in question, I see red. When did you write that song? Well, um, great, great story there. Yes. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, um, we didn't actually, write it. <laughs> actually this, the song was written by our, uh, producer and partner, um, in this Everybody Loves an Outlaw uh, band. band and his name is Robbie Neville. Operation. His name is Robbie Neville, and he wrote the oh, song cool. in, in 2018 and and approached Bonnie at first. Uh, he he heard about her through. He asked around the scene um, in Boulder and and knew some same musicians that I knew, and kind of was asking, "Hey, does anybody know somebody who could like do this kind of style?" And that was like grungy, belty rock and roll you know, kind of like high energy, Southern Rocky kind of vibes. And somebody suggested me and he looked at some of Bonnie and the Clyde's videos online and some of my stuff on my YouTube that I posted and emailed me. And I, it's funny because recently he sent me, he's like, do you remember our first email? Cause he had to email me and be like, Hey, I promise I'm not a weirdo. Like I'm, cause he had to be like, I am a producer and I'm, you know, it's like one of those emails that you get and you're like, sure you are, buddy. Sure. Right. But he's like, I'm real. And he's like, he's like, please ask this person who referenced me to tell you that I'm real. And so <laughs> of course I called that person. Cause you know, that's what you do when someone's like, Hey, here's a reference. Talk to them. Gave me a really, you know, they were like, he's great. He's so nice. You know? And then he came over to, to the house and we sat for like a whole day pretty much and talked, played a ton of songs for him. Taylor and I both did. And he was loving it. And basically he came over, he had written these songs, but he hadn't like essentially built the tracks because once up hearing the music, you'll see it's a very different take than an acoustic approach, which we are geared towards and have done for our entire lives. So this is a step outside of that, which has been exciting. And at first it was terrifying, but now it's, I feel really great about it. I feel great about being able to, first of all, be versatile musically. And then also 
recognize that even if you don't see yourself somewhere, somebody else can. And yeah. that vision can push you and motivate you in creatively in ways that you didn't know you were going to grow. And then you have this huge new skill and resource that's like more valuable than you ever thought of. And it wasn't even my idea. And I have no problem saying that, you know? So it's like somebody, somebody else heard me and saw me. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's like pop music. Like, I don't see that. I can't sing that. Like, I'm a country singer. And, and Robbie's the person who said to me, he's like, why would you say that about yourself? He's like, never say you're one kind of singer. He's like, you can sing anything. It's, and it like blew my mind. I was like, you're right. He, he is right. Because one of the things I realized about you when we met in 2019 in July is that you're a singer. You're like, you're a singer. And the genre is not so much... Sure. You aren't limited by genre because you have a really good instrument and you're very well trained and you have so much energy sure. that you love sharing with people. Sure. Um, yeah, that's that means a lot to me. Thank you. That's super flattering. And I feel the same way. Yeah, musical theater. I've always loved that. And that's very different than bluegrass. But it just felt like, I don't know, it felt like the glossiest, shiniest kind of realm that you're like, as a musician, you're like, I can't or I won't <laughs> or something, you know? And now that I am, I'm like, why did I ever feel like that? You know, like it's very, it's, I've learned a lot about myself through this process too, I guess, musically. So before y'all had that day with him here, did Everybody Loves an Outlaw exist as a band? No. Oh. No, it didn't. So it, 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 it was just this guy, Robbie Neville, who at that point we didn't know, but, it, but um, uh, up to this point, you know, we've, he, he, he's, our, he's our business partner and he's, a, he's our producer. Yeah, and we talk to him all the time. Now and like... and at, at that point, he just had these ideas for, for songs or he had this, this idea for what he was calling dark country. And oh, I so, like that. Uh, and he wanted an artist with it. And he was like, he kept being like, you guys are real artists. And yeah. I feel like, he, you know, he lives between Boulder and L.A., splits his time. And I feel like he just comes across a lot of people trying to play the get famous game, which is a totally different thing than the artist game. And I, right. we all know that. I mean, it's just a different different kind of industry, like the the mainstream industry versus the DIY, you know, grassroots festival kind of string band life. Right. Those are two completely separate worlds. So it's like, it was, um, yeah, it was a trip having him just be like in awe of those things from us. <laughs> I was like, this is so normal to me. And to he's play like, an instrument you and guys to sing. Like, and... Oh, your dad played? Like, oh, you're from a musical family? Wow. Like, it's like, I'm like, yeah, we're just like, it's our actual life. This is our real actual life. Like, right, right. You know, so it, that was really fun to, to get to do that and like, yeah, meet him and just, you know, kind of form the bond and he's musical too. He sings, he plays guitar, you know, he's a completely, he's a, he was an artist himself in the eighties. He had a, you know, a super hit. He went on a world tour with Millie Vanilli. Like he's been an artist as well. He did it when it was like super, you know, before the internet. So he did it like old school way. <laughs> right. Do you remember what his super hit was? Oh yeah. C'est la vie. Oh, cool. Came out in 1986. It was his like number one. He had the number one song, you know, like the late eighties. So how old were you in nineteen eighty six? I was that was the year I was born, which he also got very excited about. He was like, "That's my year, baby!" He like oh, that's got all so pumped cool. up. Okay, so he writes a song. He finds you <laughs> totally, and then he and then he asked me what keys I sing in, and gave me. He's like, "Cause now I have to build the thing around your vocal range." So what keys? And I it was really low, and he's like, "Oh, I hope this works out because I'm not gonna be able to use anything because." You have a, you have a unique range. Essentially I have a very, like I have a lower range for females. So like my belt is substantial, you know, like a third probably under other people, which I'm fine with now. When I was like 18, I was like, ah, I want to sing high. I have to. Yeah. What's that about? Like I have a low um, voice and I feel like for way too long growing up with old time music and then also seeing so much in bluegrass that I love. And there's, you know, you have Tony Rice singing above his register because that's the sound and, har you know, it sounds like he harmed his sure. instrument because of that. Yeah. Um, but then there, you know, there's Johnny Cash, there's Johnny Hartman, there's all these, you know, Josh Turner. Ernest Tubb. There are all these artists who actually have low voices and were willing to sing in their register. Mm -hmm. um, but yet for both men and women, there's this dangerous idea that singing high is always better. Yeah, I think that part of... This is just my opinion, but part of loving vocalists is hearing people on that edge of capability, but also of risk because there is risk in singing. And so with that high note, 
we get that rush of like they're standing on the head of a pin essentially and we want them to succeed but it's also what they're doing is it feels like flying a little bit i mean sometimes when you're listening to it and definitely definitely when you're doing it like <laughs> and so there's an element of like with flying comes the possibility of falling right. and that is a real element that risk and everybody in the room feels it everybody in the room feels that that person took it so they're with you on the ride yeah. they want you to do good i mean there's always like the one or two person who's like you know but it's the, for the most part people who are experiencing it energetically with you they want to go to they want to succeed they want to rise you know so it's very it's a i think i think that's the push for like sing higher do it higher, go further. But I, I also think that there's depth is underrated. It's the same reason. Why do we go to space first and not look at the bottom of the ocean? It's the same thing. Like depth is just underrated. Right. Like deep singers can conjure all kinds of stuff too. Yeah. Well, you definitely succeed in that. So Taylor, tell, tell me, we've, we've got the, the meeting of Robbie and Bonnie and Taylor. How did the song I See Red in particular, get recorded, and then how did it end up on a soundtrack? What's that trajectory? Sure. Well, so it, it was it was recorded in uh, in in 2018, and essentially, uh, Robbie builds the track as a producer, and then and then um, we recorded then elements we, here, and we recorded our parts here in this house. Um, no. no, it just in Longmont. Oh, we were at a friend's, <laughs> at a friend's uh, just home studio. And, oh, cool. And. And he, and he kind of, you know, the he pajama had a, room he, by he, Brett Batterman. He was yeah, our engineer, right. the pajama room. That's his studio. Love uh -huh. it. And so he, um, he had a, a, a good portion of the track built and then, and then he, you know, kind of does, did what a producer does. He, you know, uh, gave us some, some tips and some, you know, hints as to like what, what he was really looking for. And luckily and then, this was in person too. So it's like, we're actually yeah, able was, to, this, he's coaching in person because mm -hmm. we've done this one session where we got to record in person. Then he was also just like man on the computer in the booth with me, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, so it's like really hands-on for, for the recent stuff, you know, in 2020 with the COVID because he is very hands-on as a producer. And just like, I mean, he's a, he, I mean, he's taught me so much vocally cause he just, he asks for so much. And so you have to find so much. Yeah, so there was like, he, he's pretty, he's pretty relentless um, <laughs> in, in a really good way yeah. as, a, as a producer. Um, he, 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 <laughs> He, he knows what he's going for and he knows how to get it. Yeah. Or at least he, he knows when he's got it. Right. And he so, makes you do it until he's got it. Right. I mean, literally like 10 hours in the vocal booth mm -hmm. going and like, I take a break. Maybe. I mean, I don't even know if we took a break that day. We would Those take, days. we would, we would take some breaks, but it, it, it was, it we was, like it was a 20 grueling. minute break. It, it was pretty grueling because we would wow. get in these, in these modes and it's like, and then we you get on this finish. track and you have to finish that thing that you're on. Right. And, and in order to, to, uh, utilize the time, especially doing recording sessions over zoom, like this is not the tip of, it's not the same kind of time structure where like you can work, 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 get some stuff done. And, you know, go out and everybody takes a break everybody together, takes a break together so go out like, and smoke a cig. It was more like you, you have this block of time. And since we're doing it over zoom, since he's in LA and we're out here, um, it, there was just this, um, and you know, we, we had this, uh, you know, we were kind of under the gun in terms of timing. Like we wanted to have the rest of, uh, this, this, this new, new material. Album, yeah. Stuff um, that we're recorded. So we sort of jumped ahead, but, um, but yeah, back, back then it was much more of a typical recording session in 2018. Okay. And then, um, uh, but it, but it was really fun because we never recorded that way. We've always been the, like the, um, we've either self-produced or right. we've, or we've had producers that we worked really, really close with and they, kind of helped us produce our own record. It was also already our genre mm -hmm. of stuff that we had been doing for decades at that right. point. So this is like stepping into an entirely new world. And so the, and the production is such a huge part of this world as yeah. you'll hear, like with the songs, like, so it was, it was really fun mm -hmm. and it we was. learned a ton. Um, yeah, we continue to learn a ton. Yeah. That's definitely the biggest thing is like, it's, it's a job that we are like getting to do and getting to figure it out as we do it with a really great mentor, yeah. you know, with a really great, a person who's, you know, in his early sixties, who's done this before and has developed a lot of artists. He wow. does, he's done artist development for a while, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Very seasoned. Yeah. Very seasoned guy. So 
did he did he have the connection with a music supervisor that landed it in the movie or um how did the, how did that actually, yeah yes uh he he has worked um on and off for quite a number of years with this company called extreme and they're the largest uh, music library for sync licensing in the world um yeah in that that, that, that exists they and have the hans zimmerman catalog whoa so that's who they partner with that's their big claim to fame is like it's extreme music and hans zimmerman yeah. so it's like yeah that's the level that they do. Yeah. That's what So Robbie has worked with them and has like 90 something songs with Extreme. And, um, and, and is so, really connected to the president. And like yeah, they has a know, personal relationship because it's kind of a, you know, rub, you know, it definitely doesn't, it, in, in the world of sync licensing, it's kind of like you can go there and get anything for Netflix. Like they have everything, like right. sounds, yeah. songs. Every kind of yeah, all kinds of things. But so so Robbie was connected to Extreme, yeah. and then Extreme has offices all over the world. And and this movie that it was in, which which is called Three Hundred Sixty Five Days, I don't know if we've mentioned that yet. Um, it's a Polish uh, production, and so the Polish office in Warsaw of Extreme was chose our song. Was perusing the catalog. They were looking for I don't know what they were looking for exactly, but they picked up. They found everybody loves an outlaw, and they, and they chose, and they two, chose songs. two songs that, that that ended up being in the movie. And the one I see red got like primo placement. Uh, was 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 placed in like the pivotal scene, top of the movie, right? Huge huge scene, and literally and played at full volume. <laughs> Played at full volume with no interruptions, which is kind of unheard of. Right. Um, with, beginning to end as well. Yeah, full beginning song, to end. Full song. Three, three minutes and 30 seconds or something. With absolutely no seconds. dialogue over, which in sync world is, yeah, like he said, it's like it doesn't happen. It only happens in montages and they usually cut the song. It's usually a part of the song. It's right. not the whole song. Like three minutes and 30 seconds, that's crazy. So that we got that much of the movie. <laughs> Did you really think I'd just forgive and forget? No, after catching you with her, you bless your eye cold, so cold. You, you're too tired and cheap, lying, wanna be.
So just to give folks some context, as of yesterday, you don't know when yesterday was because this is coming out in July, but <laughs> as of May tw- May 20th, 2021, IC Red had one th- 105,799,326 streams on Spotify. It's insane. It's crazy. It's Literally fucking insane. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. I'm s- like, I am so excited for you too. Like you are... You are some of the hardest working people in that I've ever met in the music industry. And up until fairly recently, it was the typical slog that a lot of people sure. have to we do. We all do. Yeah, we totally. all do. Totally. Um, and that this happened um, in your life is just like, I'm, it's really cool. Like yeah. y- you guys deserve, a lot of people deserve for things to go well. And you are. You are two of those people. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, thank you. That's really yeah. yeah it's it's been wild because it was you know it was one of those things we never we never we never thought it was it, it, this would would even come close right to what it's done. Like when we did this in 2018, it was just like oh, there's another there's another line in the water. You know, there's yeah. another there's there's another bait cast. And there's a great out, paying out studio session. And, and it was a great paying studio session, and we were like, wow, that was you know that, that was, was cool. fun. That was wait, that was y'all a, got paid to. Mm-hmm. track it yeah we got paid it's for, crazy. The, for the session and we actually like we could have been if we weren't working with the people that we worked with we could have been totally cut out right but the reality is is that everybody wanted a future in this yeah and so the option was either to work together and share in what we were creating or for them to be like we're gonna take this one thing and we're gonna cash out and we're gonna so run. they chose to include right. us in it and like literally cut us in right as opposed to let it stand as a, as a buyout, which it was a buyout in the beginning with like, it was funny because the company extreme actually had a chance to sign us two years ago and the president passed on us. He said, not interested. They're not, you know, no. Um, which I've heard a million times in this industry. I wasn't shocked then, but in 2020 he like, you know, he was apologizing and you know, it's funny. Yeah, totally. And it's funny because we were still independent, but then we got to go with much bigger main, you know, like we got to go with a major as opposed to be, be in an artist contract at a sync licensing right library place which is cool because they pay you when you create music which is a cool thing to be in right but obviously this is a different level of opportunity for like career wise so it's like it's just funny because yeah it just it worked out exactly like it was supposed to and then back then i was like oh they didn't want to right (laughs) it's it's not often to hear a you know the, the 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 head of a you know, multinational, multi-million dollar company eat crow because he didn't because he didn't take an opportunity two years ago. Because if they if, if they would have done that, they would have controlled everything, and they would have not. Um, they would have it, it it would have been. Like huge they would have got to own our brand. They, they would have yeah. got to own everybody loves an outlaw, but mm-hmm. because they didn't do that, everybody loves an outlaw got the benefit of being on the extreme catalog. But it was still a free agent because we were they wanted they were considered it small potatoes, which it was. We have four songs with them. Like they have people, they have way bigger fish to fry. Yeah. But it's funny, like seeing somebody, we're on a Zoom with somebody who literally is in their home studio that has a pool in it, like through glass, like in the studio, there's a pool in the studio. You can studio. look into you can their look pool. look into his in-home pool. From he's, his studio. And he's British and he's like apologizing to us in like a British accent. Yeah, it's so It was really funny. fun. It was so, a trip. <laughs> what, a, what a world. Yeah. Um, so with the, with the sync licensing, for people who don't know, um, what, I don't want to get too personal because you know, this is, this is your life and your career, but can you share a little bit about what it means for you to have an entire song that you're, that you were involved in be licensed into a, 
a very successful movie. Like, did you reap, did you get a bunch of money because of that? So initially, no, because we, we signed with extreme music and extreme music is they're not going to give you a bunch of money. They're going to make a bunch of money. Right. And they're going to make some money actually. And they just have a thousand things, you know, it's like they even don't, they're like a pretty lower cost sync licensing thing. That's why so many people use them. That's why they're so popular. Okay. But because Columbia records had to buy it from extreme music, then we, and then because of that happening, then we got to definitely see something from that, which was, and, and our initial cool deal, our initial deal with um, with Robbie, um, with everybody loves an outlaw was ten uh, percent. Uh, if it if it ever did as anything, an artist, as, as an the artist. artist face, essentially as right. the representative 10, of this music, ten percent wow. of anything that it that it that it got any of those songs got. for those four songs. And and so that 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 was the original deal. And so when all this stuff started being laid on the table, that was still the deal. It was still going to be 10% of what it made. And because uh Bonnie especially um but we but we both when when whenever this came down the pike and we got all those emails and we and we started chatting with record labels and we were on Zoom meetings with people around the world talking about who who are you we want to sign you we want to do this blah 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 Where'd you come all this from? smoke um, we <laughs> we've been here we're right here we, <laughs> been here the we whole got time. to work you know and we started we started really working for it which um uh, Robbie, all the social media Robbie was really everything. stoked about yeah. that because, um, that's not really his job and, and he, and he doesn't really have those skills, but, um, was he on all those calls too? Or oh, he's on, he on all the calls, but, but he like, doesn't have the, he doesn't do social media. He doesn't like, right. I feel like he may have, may not have a smartphone. Like it's just not his jam to like be yeah. like on the internet all the time. He doesn't right. like it. Right. So the fact that I was willing to do that and was like doing it without anybody asking me and was just like going for it balls to the wall. He was like. You're my social media maven. He was loving it. You know, he was like really into that. Um, Did that lead to a change in the 10% thing? Yeah, that led to an FS forming an LLC and proceeding, co-writing the next seven songs together, sharing in the publishing and the co-writing of that and moving forward as a complete trio creatively, which has been really cool. Um, That's so cool. With the new stuff. And we just recently signed with another company because Columbia Records, you know, signing with Columbia Records is amazing. And we can say that honestly, but we signed with them for a singles deal. It's like they very explicitly wanted Icy Red because Icy Red did something magnificent. The 105 million, that's what Columbia deals with. So that's what they're going to deal with. And like, that's what they're interested in. And they, we are an untested entity. So like our other music, they were like, yeah, that sounds great. We just want that one thing. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. You have my number. Right. You guys can send me stuff. Thanks. That's something. Yeah, yeah. It's like they're not unfriendly at all. They're super friendly. Answer my questions. Help me out. Yeah. But they definitely, um, you know, we took our new music and shopped it a ton of places and got somebody to bite on it. So it's like we're working with a company called One RPM, um, based out of mostly LA and Nashville and New York. They have like you know the typical <laughs> the typical typical three. trio offices. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've been talking to the Nashville group a lot, and they're really great incredibly helpful, great resource. And seems like, you know, what you want in this industry and what Robbie has been advocating for is like, you find somebody who's going to do what he calls push the big red button for you. Cause you need them to get invested in what you do and be behind it. Totally. And, and there's going to be artists that they do that for. So you have right. to be that artist with whoever for you're someone. working with. Yeah. Like whoever you choose to work with and it, and, and you might take you forever to find it. Like it took us like a year to figure it out. Yeah. You know, because courting the majors is amazing, but it's like they, it's a, it's just a, it's not a very honest thing. Cause like A&R people, they want to sell you, right. they want to sign you. So they'll tell you anything to get so you like, signed. To get to you get signed. You so you basically, when you yeah. get off the phone with them, Robbie be like, okay, we don't believe any of that. Really? I'm like, oh, okay. Right. And there's, I didn't know. thank God you're here. Yeah. And, and he was a, he was a. He was a really good uh, mentor in that regard, albeit a little cynical at times, which yeah. was, I'm sure, just his protective shell. Yeah. And his reality. He's, right. been he's been doing he's, this. He's been snubbed and, and shelved by by major labels for really petty personal, personal yeah. stuff that like, you know, he was he was working with a with a with a major label and and, you know, and and, and the president really loved him and then the president left and everything was everything was over everything changes you know everything so changed it's like for yeah him. In, yeah. in like that are, are you involved do you have like an, an entertainment lawyer who's also like going to bat for you and yes. all this yeah we do Ro- we we use robbie's lawyer luckily Great. so it's like our llc you know 
utilizes that as a resource since we're partnered up now. And we also don't know any lawyers. Lawyers are, it's like you have to have, it's a lawyer is almost as important as like an yes. agent or yes. even more important. Like you get a lawyer first yep. and they are sometimes the ones that negotiate deals for you. Um, they're, it's like a political choice. Like you have to get a lawyer that has certain relationships and already works the label and right and like it's crazy because he's like the lawyer can be an asshole and then the a and r and the and the lawyer they go and play golf on the weekend but he's like but if you're an asshole or if i'm an asshole if we're <laughs> demanding they don't call us back so right. it's like our job is to make them love us and right. the lawyer's job is to fight for us so it's right. like we just it's it's very very politicized world as far as like the actual communication none of the communication feels like it's honest and at the same time it's people trying to read between the lines at the same time and suss you up and like you know right it's weird but it's cool yeah but it's it's been interesting because we you know whenever we started having those those kind of conversations it was it was not like hey do you guys know a lawyer it was like do you know big league lawyers and we're like no we're like no of course not right we don't we don't we don't know right any and 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 the ones around here that are even big bigly like like we had a we had we had multiple meeting with meetings with uh, Nathaniel Ratliff's um, lawyer and that and the and manager yeah and, and and his manager and it just they were super helpful they were the they were amazing they answered they, questions they, for us they were they were and they were amazing, just an honest but, resource that it felt like an industry resource at that level but that was they had nothing to gain by telling us the truth or lying to us either way like they had no yeah and so they could just be like here's yeah this is how this works our, and this is well, we'll look at that paperwork yeah for they you. looked at our llc contract and they just gave us some really and, good insight and gave us some really good feedback they were like yeah these are this these, is typical yeah and they and and it was it was it was really good to make that to make that kind of connection even though we didn't um you know we didn't uh, you know, using any of that, or at least we haven't and yet. We didn't, yeah. we didn't have, there but, was nothing like, it was just a yeah. true, a true resource. It felt like mm-hmm. he was it, just being generous with his time. Yeah. So. It was really cool. So stuff like that has been really neat to, and a lot of people have done stuff like that for us. Cause it's like, they're kind of amused by our, <laughs> they're like, it's literally like they're, they're like the varsity basketball team. And we're, we're like the junior high kids and they looked at us and they're like, Oh, how'd you get in this game? Right. Well, that's cute. Well, give them the ball for a minute and let them shoot. You guys, everybody hang on. They're going to try to shoot at the basket. That's literally what it's like. And it's really nice. Like, I'm like, thank you for the courtesy. Cause I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And right. I don't feel like I'm part of this necessarily. Or like, I don't feel a sense of belonging of like, well, yeah, it's very untested, I'm right, right where I saw myself. It's still you know? so uh-huh. new. And it's a, such yeah. a shark tank of a, of, a, of a world where it's like you know you can you can be you know you can you can have the big red button pushed on you and you're mm-hmm. you're famous overnight you know right we hear stories and, of why they did it to certain people too it's crazy right it's so it's, crazy. it's like nepotistic and 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 it's there's all these other Com- reasons that, that, that have nothing to do with business or music oh no they're you just know? like watch what i can do sometimes it's industry people being like i'm gonna watch what i can do to this person look I'm going to make this person happen. And then it, that, that person does happen because that's the power of the, of like having the industry behind you. So it's, I mean, we're hearing stories like that. You're like, wow, cool. I mean, that's in one way. I mean, that's really, it's cool to see how it works. And yeah. then in, as a DIY artist, you're like, oh, so everybody with like the dream of like, you got to wait until, I mean, not wait. And there's lots of, I mean, they have lots of like these things that look like industry doors, like the voice and like these shows. Right. And we got to meet, people who work on that we had to talk to the executive producer of that show who's actually named clyde so we had like this affinity i had this like you know i was like are we best friends (laughs) my name's bonnie and i don't know but i feel like we might be gotta be um so it's you know it's a trip to just see how that stuff works and yeah hear about that world and try to get your song on the voice stuff like that where they're like we're having Kelly Clarkson look at your song this week. I'm like, oh, okay. Wait, really? Well, but it didn't that, happen. But, yeah, but, but like, that's, that's a real thing. thing. That's a real thing that people are saying to us. Yeah. Where I'm like, it was on her table, you know. Yeah, it, of, got, of it, got it got presented it got, to her. Got in presented some to her as a song that she was maybe going to sing out of out of I think five or ten songs that she was Insane. choosing from, and that so was like that kind of stuff. And that was like, and that was such you know that that was because we we were you know for for a time and we still kind of are we're being advised by by yeah he's been by, a great guy Clyde yeah, he's, and he's uh, one of Robbie's good friends yeah so he's it's one like of Robbie's good friends and he's like, and, and he's the executive stuff. producer of the voice and so he's been you know he's been he's been a great resource and you know it's 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 been amazing how um 
how, how much the industry is a lot of like handshake deals and backscratching yeah. and being like, Hey, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. Right. And I thought, I thought whenever, whenever everything started, I thought it was going to be nothing but, but lawyers and contracts. And it's really not that way. It's kind of, it's in, in, in a lot of ways, it's very similar to the, you know, to the DIY or the grassroots musician where it's like, you know, you, 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 you have a good name and you try to keep that good name. You try to keep that good reputation. And then they try people, to make connections. And people will, people will uh, call on you. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're like, oh, he's the most talented. It'll be like, I know that this person will be able to get the job done. Or they always answer the phone. They're really prompt, yeah, like being right. on it as artists, because a lot of artists don't do that. And that's the ton of the feedback that we've got from industry people like, wow, you guys are so like, like Russell one time told us, he's like, be like five minutes late to the Zoom next time. Like be he's a like, little, he's like, you guys are a little like, you were like, you're like waiting to be admitted before the meeting starts. Like that's, don't be that person. Don't be that person. Like be like rock star, like roll in a little bit after us. Like With the pool in the back. You don't have to be there <laughs> yeah. right when it starts. And I was like, Russell, my vibe is too, I'm on time. That's yeah. my thing. Like, yeah. I don't know that I can just like, I'm like three minutes in, I'm like sitting there like with my finger on the button, like ready to click. Because <laughs> like, you've I'm been like, there the whole I know, time. I've been sitting there waiting to click in because I'm waiting for five minutes so that I can act like I'm too cool to click into the Zoom or whatever. Like I don't do shit like that. Like, no thanks. <laughs> but, you know, in defense of you, how you are got you here. Sure. You know? Sure. And sure. I, I love I love that you're not like, you know, disrespectful of people's time and that, yeah. and that you take this seriously. Yeah. And you care. Yeah. And I've always felt like, my dad was a really, he was a stickler for like being early. He always said like, if you're early, you can't be late. He likes, <laughs> I mean, I literally have heard that 45,000 times in my childhood. So I just, it's ingrained in me from that. And then also seeing professionally what it has gotten me. It's always, that's kind of always been my reputation or my thing of like, I'm going to call you back or email you back quickly. I'm, I'm quick. I'm going to be there on time. I'm going to yeah. respond. You can expect a response. I'm good. I'm good at communication. I want to be good at communication essentially. And you are like, I, every time you and I have interacted like from a distance, it's of sure. course easier in person, but like texting you yesterday about this, like just like quick, direct, sure. fun, personable, but like always on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I try to be. Like, I want to be that. I want to be that. So that's what I make an effort to do. So yeah, I told Russell, I can be a few minutes late this time, but don't expect it all the time, okay? Right. Because <laughs> I'm going to be there the whole time, sitting in front, just waiting. Be early, but take notes. <laughs> Get over it. So as as we wrap up, I could talk to you folks all day, and I'm, I'm glad that I'm going to see you again um, in person for our Bluegrass Camps in Crested Butte yes. and Santa Fe in July um, for Queen Bee. But I'm hearing from this conversation that there are some new songs for Everybody Loves an Outlaw that are going to... Be, be streamable on my Spotify at some point? Yes, we have um, new music coming out. Hopefully, I think the end of July. I actually just sent an email yesterday to the team, which is so cool to say. Never had a team before. You got and, a team. Um, got, we got a team now and just pr with my proposed release schedule. You know, it's it's cool working with a, a basically what, what Robbie calls an indie. Like this is like a, you know, working with an indie. And um, <laughs> because... We still get to do a lot of stuff. Right. And at a major, you don't. You really don't. You like go on their promotion schedule, you get in a line, you right. have to join a queue. Right. Whereas it's like this an is assembly like, line. Yeah, it's an assembly line. We can create our own dates and we're not joining a, a queue where resources are allocated, you know, already planned out. They were literally like, if we need more, we will hire more people. That's what oh. they told us. And I was like, well, okay, this is the kind of this is they're like ground floor, like just like get it done kind of company as opposed to like Major labels are just much more, their own things are set. Their timelines are set. Yeah. Their budgets are set. Their departments are set. You know, so it's like, and especially now, I feel like a lot of companies are so remote based that yeah. they're able to just fill the needs of their clients, basically. So we get to be a, an awesome partnership slash client of theirs. So what's your dream for this project for Everybody Loves an Outlaw? Because when I, when I met you, it was Bonnie and the Clydes and, and sure. Bonnie, you were like the rock star center of this incredible band and Taylor with your amazing singing and songwriting and guitar playing. Like you two are a, a musical power couple even before this project happened. Sure. But now Thanks. this has become this huge thing. Like what <laughs> I, I'd love for each of you to tell me, like, what do you want this to be? Um, That's a really good question, Matt. I mean, some, some, some days it's like, 
world domination. Yeah. Um, but m- most days, and you know, to be frank and and completely honest, it's uh, it's mailbox money. Yeah. You know, it's um, it's 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 That's something that it's something that we can build that now we have access to this uh, upper echelon of the music business that I think if we make the right connections and we keep um, and we keep writing in this sort of vein that we can that we can get uh, more music placements and uh, and more sync licensing and more publishing deals and things like that that's 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 kind of my realistic dream yeah. and then one that's a bit more grandiose is like yeah you know is pop, the artist pop track, star what they call the artist track yeah pop star large stage that we would uh, actually uh, tour with this arena style one day right yeah right and that's like the the very far away like it looks like a little tiny star yeah it's just like a pinpoint on a huge vast blackness it's like maybe we'll get there right now the other thing feels much more real because it's what's already happened right and it's a world that you know, Robbie's really connected in and we're already doing more stuff in that world. The artist track is like about to happen. We're about to launch another new song, you know? So it's like, if, or if that does or doesn't take we're I'm, I'm really, I feel very comfortable either way. We also, what's really important to us is to like recognize that this is a part of our lives and we still feel connected to our acoustic music that we write ourselves, just us. Yeah. And so like we recently recorded a duo album, our style, you know, us and, with the songs that we've been writing. So making sure that we keep this balanced of, cause art is important to us as a personal piece of our identity as well. Right. And everybody loves an outlaw is amazing. And we're crazy excited to be involved and I'm more than willing to put so much energy and work into it. But it also feels like a new skin. Right or a, a costume or whatever you want to think of it as. It feels like something foreign that I'm becoming because I can, but it's not my own vision of myself. Whereas just my version of me is like, we sat on the porch and played tunes for like three hours yesterday. Yeah. Doing shit like that, where it's like, that's much more natural to me. And I have a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. And I have a lot of fun doing the other thing too, but it also like, Afterwards, I like fall down and can't get up. Like I'm like drained in a way that I've never been drained before in my entire life. Like I've never done that kind of output of energy. So, and, and you're a high energy performer. Even like if I just picture you with your mandolin and singing your heart out, like that's high energy. And you're talking like this is I'm way talking beyond. like yeah, like a hundred times that for me personally, as far as like energetic output. So it's like is what that takes to to that kind of singing, and then also to step into that kind of like. I mean, musical characterization. Yeah. I mean, there's verses in some of these songs that the verses are two lines. That's how many words are in them. I mean, it's just a different style. Pop is a different style. So it's something you have to get your head into. Yeah. It's funny because Robbie also wrote all the music for High School Musical, the Disney channel. He worked at Disney for like 20 years. Dang. So whenever I like need to get my head in the game, I sing that stupid Corbin Blue like, Get your, get your head in the game from like high school musical. Yeah, just pump yourself up <laughs> in the Disney way. Totally. And he literally, he'll pump me up too. He's like, it's it's almost like scary. Like he's like, he, like he will go into like hype mode for you to get you in the mood <laughs> in the studio. Like, yeah. who's that girl? I want to meet her. Who's she? Yeah, let's meet her. Like just like going like nuts about. It's funny because as a performer, I feel like I'm always like too much. I've always felt that my whole life. And he... He wants more. He wants more, more, more. And so one time in the studio, I was like, I feel like I'm doing too much. And he's like, he said, show me too much. And I said, (laughs) all right, let's do this. And then I did it. And he just was quiet for a minute. And then he goes, yeah, that's too much. (laughs) And I was like, I felt like I won. I was like, I win. I win. Like, I can, I told you I can be, I told you I'm too much. I've got that, you know, they talk about, you know, going up to 11. You've got. Past 11, there's a dial that just says too much. Too much. And Bonnie has that on her amp. <laughs> I do. I have I have it and I can access it. And I know about it because like as a child, I was there all the time. And like as an adult, I've recognized that if you want to have friends, don't do that. But I'm very connected to it, you know, in a very petulant, childish kind of way. I'd be like, you want to see what I can do? Check this out. Check this out. <laughs> <laughs> How annoying is this? <laughs> well, I am I am so, so excited to see what comes next. Um from everybody loves an outlaw, but honestly, as a fan of your songwriting in, in the worlds that we grew up in, sure. um, this duo project, 
has me just as excited. And Taylor, you and I were texting yesterday about um, a song of yours that I heard two years ago when I first met you two, um, Texas Again. And did you say that's that's going to be on uh-huh. the duo album? Yep. Yep. That, Amazing. That 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 has been. Uh, that's been recorded and it's, uh, it's being mixed at the moment. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're very excited. I've been, you know, waiting to find the right vehicle and project for that particular song. And I think we, I think we found it. I'm well, I, I can't wait to hear all of that. Um, that song in particular, I have to be honest, like it, it is one of my favorite songs I've heard in the past Oh man, five years. Mm, that's um, awesome. The thing about it, and I'll when we end this recording for the podcast, we're gonna we're gonna try and shoot a quick video um, for my Patreon supporters of us doing that song real quick before you teach your lesson. Um, I was watching a live performance of you singing this solo, and the thing that blows my mind about this song is that it's about missing Texas and going to Texas. And it made me nostalgic for Texas. And I'm not, I'm not even from there. <laughs> good. You Perfect. know, like, good. Yeah. that's a good song. Like, if you can make me miss Texas as much as you miss Texas, yeah. or even like partially, like, that blows my mind as a songwriter <laughs> that you make me nostalgic for a home that is your home, not my home. <laughs> well, that's good. That means a lot for sure. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that, uh, I guess, I guess that was my intention at least to convey that in my own, in my own realm. And I guess that's the beauty of, of songwriting is, you know, you can hopefully inspire those feelings and others, you know, tell your story and hopefully it, 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 it creates a story or helps tell somebody else's story for them, you know, mm-hmm. or at least gives them something to, something to tell, you know, so Well, you succeeded. You both do. Um, And we'll leave it there. Bonnie and Taylor, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks, Matt. Thanks Thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Relax Your Grid is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Matt Brown. Otto Allard is my designer. Tim Brown recorded this episode and filmed the bonus content with Bonnie and Taylor. Tune in next time for my interview with Jamie Stone. And until then, relax your grid!